There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personal Podcast. This is your post-game instant reaction to Texas Tech losing 24 to 34 to TCU. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael Zeman. Hey, man. I, I mean, couldn't even get a backdoor cover today. Couldn't, couldn't we did. let that happen. Yeah, Texas Tech. Well, did, no, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. You're right. You're no, right. It was, it was no. 10. Yeah. Sorry, it, it was nine and a half or whatever it was. You got it to 10. That well, would have been brutal. To, yeah, I know. And and not to um, bury what you might have been already primed to mention, but something we talked about on the radio show today that you brought up, both things happened that weren't supposed to happen. Texas Tech was below 50% on third down on offense. They were three of 16, a brutal three of 16. And then they also threw an interception. So those two things uh, really worked in TCU's favor to have those. If, if they can hold their opponent, what was it, below 50% on third down and grab an interception, they've won like seven out of nine or something crazy like that. Well, they're also undefeated when they destroy the opposing quarterback starting injury, oh, yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever the, whatever it happens because, uh, it's happened in so many games and it's, it's weird. Cause like one, I mean, it may have, I believe it was the same leg for, for Morton. Uh, it was re-aggravated or whatever it was on that uh, tackle early in the game. Um, whether or not it was dirty, I, I, you couldn't tell from the broadcast and the, sure. n- none of the replays will show anything. So I, I'm not going to say anything about that because it's whatever. Um, but like, <laughs> how many games in a row have they not had to face a starting quarterback? Um, and then when, and when West Virginia is the only one they've really had to the whole game. Well, and, and it's JT Daniels. I mean, let's, let's, let's pump the brakes on, on giving them some, some credit there. Uh, but Shuck comes in, uh, was shaky to start, shaky to end, uh, finished the day completing almost 41% of his passes. Just absolutely atrocious. Uh, nine completions, 84 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Morton started the game seven of ten for seventy-nine yards. Um, it looked like the outside receivers were getting involved, and then they they kept going down with, with injuries. Uh, Jerron Bradley, JJ Sparkman, um, each went down with their own injury at one point because it looked like the the offense was was doing well, or at least they were they were taking shots down the sideline uh, and were mm-hmm. fairly successful or we're finding some success there. Bradley finished the day uh, just two catches, 54 yards. Most of that came on the, the touchdown, the 47 yarder Sparkman had three catches for 46 yards and a touchdown. Uh, then you're, you know, 
no receiver had more, more than three catches. Sparkman and Thompson each had three catches. Uh, Miles Price had two catches. Brady Boyd had two. Xavier White had two. Uh, Fungi had one. Brooks had one. Um, I, I I don't know. Um, it's it's difficult to to really lay this at the feet of of like the coaching staff when, or at least offensively, when you look at it, when you end up having to play a separate, a third string quarterback or not your starter. But on the flip side of that, you know, you do end up you have those those just questionable decisions, questionable calls throughout the game where as you're flip-flopping between quarterbacks, all three play today. Um, you're not sure why. Uh, I mean, Donovan Smith came in and, and picked up a couple of rushing yards, uh, four yeah, carries, well, eight yards. Yeah, and, and not to, you know, I think all three third or all three fourth down conversions were him picking them up on his feet. And then the fourth time they just decided to do that again instead of handing it off to one of the running backs who's averaging almost six yards per carry. But, hey, it did work the other three times. I'm trying not to get too worked up about that, but I would have liked to see you know, a running back get that if that's the plan on a fourth and two on your own side of the field, um, You know, right after letting TCU score. Of course, that, that TCU drive was aided by three very timely penalties on TCU's part. I mean, that was like a 10 10- – 10 play five minute drive that um, you can live with as, as far as a tech fan, you can live with thinking that the defense played well. Uh, The face mask penalty that shouldn't have been called was, was not a face mask penalty. If anything, that pass interference in the end zone was on the offense. Um, You know, just a couple other things like that, that you can just kind of live with, Hey, these are bad breaks. The defense is playing well, but then you hand the ball to a defense on a short field two possessions in a row. I mean, in the fourth quarter, TCU only had like a hundred yards of offense, but they scored three touchdowns. It's because they just had short fields. Yeah. And I was going to say, I, I, after TCU scored their first touchdown, um, I mean, Joel Clatton, Gus Johnson, absolutely salivating over the fact that Texas Tech kept going for it on fourth down and were, were, were unsuccessful because it, it, it gave, it gave TC the ball and they just kept hammering the hammer, that analytics, analytics, shut the hell up. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. Oh man. It's so annoying when they talk about the analytics say that no, no, actually you, you have no freaking clue. We don't have any idea either. We, we just, we have more experience watching it happen. We're like, well, I don't know what that, why they would have done it there, but whatever. We just kind of chalk it up. They have uh, absolutely no clue. Um, and, and I, you know, you, you, you gotta, I guess, accept the fact that if you're going to go for and fourth down, there are going to be times where it's it's not going to work. Um, it certainly snowballed against you there in the fourth quarter. You give them back to back short fields, um, you know, I, I missed it. Did they roast, did they roast Sonny Dykes and Riley for not for going for it on fourth and one late in the game? No, they were, you know, trying to go up 40, 41 to 24. I mean, I, I missed that. I actually, I actually stepped out to get a literal cup of coffee. That's not a joke. I just needed some coffee, but I, th- I figured I'd come back to the TV and it'd be 41, you know, on the board, but tech defense held there. Um, you know, I wonder if there were any analytics jokes then or college football playoff committee proposals or whatever shit they were saying during the game that. Oh, they, they, they were talking about TCU's uh, resume and, and, and how they needed oh, to, um, how they needed to, to 
have a resume building win here. They're comparing them against Alabama and Clemson. If we don't think either one of those would absolutely destroy TCU, then you don't know what the hell you're talking about. I mean, this TCU team, I mean, they're nine and but they are the weakest nine and team I've probably ever seen. I mean, they're super fortuitous. They had a lot of injuries happen during their games that you've already discussed. Um, we went through it on the radio show today. One of their, one of their wins is over a one win Colorado team on the road. I mean, they had a lot of things just happen to fall their way and they did play well today. Sure. But I mean, not they, until the fourth, they won quarter. the game. So, you know, they, 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 they didn't play well until the fourth quarter and tech made some decisions that kind of aided their success in that fourth quarter. Cause that offense was, they couldn't get anything going against this defense. No, it took them 45 minutes to figure out how to do anything. And with a lot of penalties to aid that drive, um, and then some short fields getting handed to you, then yeah, eventually your offense is going to start humming. Yeah. One of the things we talked about, uh, before the game was, was the role that we would wanted to see, um, Tyree, Tyree Wilson play. And my goodness, he was all over the field. Um, it was all in Duggan's face. Uh, there were a lot of throws, even though they didn't end up as sacks. Uh, there were, there were lots of pressures. There were hurries. Uh, they were hitting him as, as he was letting the ball go. Uh, Wilson had several tackles for loss as well. On the day, he finished with four solo tackles, or sorry, eight total tackles, two tackles for loss. Uh, I'm not seeing sacks. There it is, sacks. He had just the one assist. So he had half a sack, but uh, Josiah Pierre also had himself a day across from him. Uh, they were talking about the the benefit a player like Pierre provides to the defensive front when they can't just focus on Tyree Wilson and Pierre was was on fire today. I'd love to see that. Yeah, um, so defensively, like I, I have a hard time like having any, any problems with, with, with what they did today. Uh, Duggan completed barely more than 50% of his passes for 195 yards. Um, you had what the, the, their longest pass play was 38 yards. Uh, other than that, you didn't really feel like you got gashed. Um, I mean, Barber had, he averaged almost 21 yards and, uh, one guy had a 38 yarder, just the one catch. Um, and then Henderson had, had a, a 20 yard catch, which was a miraculous catch with the way it bobbled around and was able to control it. Um, yeah, that was, that really was a good play. So looking at the averages, yeah, like they, they, they were able to complete, um, like so many, you know, the, 195 yards on 12 attempts is, is a really high, uh, per attempt per, per completion there. But, um, it felt like they, they were just kind of spread out there on the ground. Um, Miller finishes the day with 158 yards, seven and a half yards per carry, but it really felt like you had bottled up and contained him for most of the game. Uh, it did have one fifty yard run. Uh, other than that, DeMarcado, I mean, 11 carries, 49 yards. Bailey had four carries, 31 yards. Duggan, 12 carries for 37. I, I honestly would have thought he would have had more yards on the ground there. But um, but Duggan finished the day with only six net yards with all the sacks that he ended up taking. Um, so, again, I, de- defensively, and, and maybe it's just with, with context or with perspective there, like 
it wasn't the defense that lost you the game. Offense, I don't know what the what's what's going on, uh, what the play calling game plans are looking like, but it there are times when even <laughs> I don't know. It feels like, and I, I've said this with coaching staffs before. It feels like if the if the common fan is like can tell you what's coming, or or can be like, well, that was obviously bad. That maybe maybe we should be looking at something else. The the commitment to the speed option today was just mind boggling. Like what what? Yeah. And then the execution of it. It happened so many times where the quarterback and the the running back would get split they would run around one of their own guys and eventually screen each other off. So you couldn't actually then complete any kind of option on it. Um, and of course the defense was, was so keyed in on, on, on making the quarterback run. So it didn't really, you know, end up matter. Cause you didn't want either one of those guys running. Um, I just, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I still have so many questions about why we play the quarterbacks the way we do. Uh, I get that you played three because there was an injury today. I'm not sure why Donovan Smith gets as many snaps as he does. Um, I mean, the, the third down and one, the fourth and one runs that he gets and picks up a yard, maybe. Uh, you know, like it, it's like you have to go, you have to kind of argue against the, the results. Like, well, it worked, but sh- should we be doing that? And then the fourth down where like, even uh, Joel Clatt was saying like he, he tried to run it, but had he thrown it, to the running back that was leaving the backfield, that would have been a pretty easy conversion. Um, yeah. And you could tell he kind of hesitated. You could tell he was, he was given an option on that play and chose to just run it anyway. It's, I, I do think that Smith is a little bit, um, he's not as quick to make decisions. And I think that's why we would see him get sacked so much. Um, and and that, that might've been one of those times where, if he'd have been a little bit quicker, he might've seen that, you know, or made that decision quicker. He might've seen it. Um, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think it seemed like there was a, a pretty good option there that just wasn't taken. Yeah. And there were, there were a couple of times um, there was that fourth down slant that Shuck double pumped for whatever reason. Uh, it ended up being incomplete was nearly intercepted, but I mean, if you're going to throw the slant, that's a timing play. And if you're going to be pumping, you're, you're throwing everything off. Yep. Um, you finished with 20 first downs. Uh, TCU was able to pick up 24. Uh, you ran the ball 39 times for a net of 189 yards. TCU ran it 51 times for 234. So um, at the end of the day, even co- like if you consider that 95-yard drive there at the end, you you had more success on the day. But uh, what was it? Um Valdez averaged 24 yards per carry on his three carries there at the end. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pretty insane. He almost reached the, he almost got a, into the end zone there, just outrunning everybody. It seemed like everybody was surprised myself included. So before that off and yeah. And you mentioned that the 24 first downs for TCU, 10 of them came in the fourth quarter. I'd, I'd be curious to see how many came on, on penalties there. Um, good point. 16 receptions. Like this is just, uh, it's just brutal to, to see the offense just kind of fall apart the way it has the past few, few weeks, but only 16 completions on the day, 163 receiving yards. Your defense only allowed TCU to complete 12 passes, but it was for 195 yards. Um, 
You ran 71 total plays, 352 yards to TCU 74 for 429. Obviously, they got a great deal more yards per play. Um, special teams was was a big deal today. Obviously, you start off the game with a you know, three and out, and then you punted for them to return it for a touchdown. We talked about that during the, the pregame show because it happened as we were watching it. It felt like it moved in slow motion, just how well uh, TC was able to block it and how spread out the tech coverage team got. Um, and then, you know, the 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 compulsion to try to return a kickoff has returned. Um, you saw so many of those. And, and it, it happened with both teams. So I, I'm glad to see Mark Tomardall still sucks at his job. But <laughs> both teams tried to return kickoffs that went into the end zone and never. I mean, I, I think I think Tech Tech got to the 25 once um, on, on one of those returns. Um you, you threw one interception on the day to shot down on fourth and what was it? 18 um, stupid play I think on, on was, the defensive back to catch it. Yeah, it was, it, it was tip where he, it came out of his hand weird because it, the way it was hit because it, okay. it was pressure there a little, a little longer to get the ball out. So either it was tipped in the line or he was hit as he was throwing. Um, So yeah, TC was able to get interception, but it was on fourth down and, and, they, they should have just batted it away to get, you know, more yards. He cost his team 15 yards on that, but whatever. He's not my player. Um, you were outpossessed by about 10 minutes. So I, you know, progression from when uh, Baylor just absolutely roasted you on that last week. Third downs was just atrocious. Third, three of 16 for Texas Tech. And then three of six on fourth downs. But you, the, the fourth down attempts and conversions there, you were three for three, and then you went over three there at the end. So the the 50% looks fine until you realize like those those three in a row basically had it go from a uh you were up by four um so you were down by you almost went down, you know, 41-17 there. Um you did you did keep TCU from converting any fourth down. Uh so they went over three on the day, finished five of fifteen on third downs. Um just a little bit better than average, but with the way that TCU on the season has allowed teams to complete, to convert third and fourth downs, you would have really hoped to have been much more effective there. You finished the day six of 26, um, you know, what, 30%, where they were given teams 42%. So, um, I mean, I, I throw my hands up, right? Cause like you, you want to, you want to yeah. c- complain about the offense, but when you play three quarterbacks because of injury and just weird rotation, um, the defense plays seemingly as well as they did while still giving up 34 points. Um, it's just, I don't know, man. Yeah. This it's, it's always tough. Both of these games, I think you and I both picked tech to be on the wrong side of these, of, of the TCU game and the Baylor game, but then to go into the fourth quarter, tech actually had a lead today going into the fourth quarter, 17 to 13. And then to come out basically, um, you know, it, it doesn't look like a blowout, but it was. If you watched it, you know that uh, Texas Tech's defense was one yard away from making it 41 to 17. So congrats to them. And then TC's defense, just credit to Valdez as well, but their defense just kind of let up a little bit on that last drive to give tech a, another chance to get on the board. So, I mean, it, it could have easily been 41 17 at the end of the day. And that's not what you saw, but, but yeah, another 21 point fourth quarter 
Um, and I would put the fault of that mostly on the offense, whether you want to call on the play calling or what. But the fact that those fourth downs weren't converted, and like you said, we can live with it. This is the offense that we're going to see. But they were not converted, and they were, you know, those last three, zero for three on the on the last three fourth down attempts, just came at a terrible time, and things just started to kind of stockpile, and the defense was scrambling you know, trying to stop this really potent TCU offense on a short field. So, yeah, I mean, the same thing happened last week. 21 of the 21 points last week, one was a pick six. So that's obviously not on the defense. It's just to, to be that in it in the fourth quarter in a game that you're almost a double-digit dog, you you feel like uh, it's – you just feel a little bit shot in the gut a little bit more. And then part of you also goes, oh, yeah, this is um, this is how this probably – should have played out at some point, but it just, instead of happening slowly over four quarters, it happened really fast over one. But, uh, you know, I'm still kind of skeptical on, on TCU. I still feel like they've just gotten a lot of things. They've had a lot of things uh, go their way this year. And I think at some point they'll be exposed, but I'm just unsure when. I'm just unsure when that'll happen. So, But if they get exposed but, and like lose the last three games and f- finish nine and three, it's like... Well, it doesn't really feel like they were exposed, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, if you win, you get blown go nine out. And three, right. You go nine and three, and that probably secures you into the Big 12 championship or very close, unless something crazy happens. So you have the chance to win 10 or, or 11 games. And I, I mean, we would love that as tech fans. So even if they quote unquote lose out or, or however we want to say it, it's, it's just, it's still going to be a good year, especially for a first year coach coming in, taking the same players that the previous staff had and putting together one of the best offenses in the country. Now that offense didn't show up till the fourth quarter today, but it was there. Yeah. I really, I don't know. I don't got a whole lot else on this. That sounded really West Texas of me. I don't got a whole lot else. Um, That's uh, it was, it went about like I thought, but like I said, it was, it was quick. It was very quick in the fourth quarter, how it just turned around. But yeah, the offense, I think Shucks looked a little bit shell shocked out there. He got a little bit better as he, as he went on, but it, it's going to take him a while to get back into, into playing mode. Um, you know, maybe if he gets first team reps this week, if Morton's out, then we might see a different guy against Kansas it's it's also a good time for for Kansas to be coming in and have a home game, have a night game. Um, you know, I, I know the Jones won't be rocking as much. Uh, it should be because fans should still show up because it's a Big Twelve game and well, it's just a tech game. You should show up. Doesn't matter who they're playing. But yeah, um, you, you've got you've got uh, Kansas coming in this weekend. Um, you've got possibly JT Daniels returning to the starting, um, starting lineup there. So. Cause it's not like, I think it's an automatic win next week, but Kansas is a zero against Oklahoma state. As we talked about, on the they were somehow favored today. Kansas was favored. And so somebody knows something, mm-hmm. uh, Oklahoma down 17, 14 
uh, just early in the second quarter, and it's tied 0-0 up in Ames with West Virginia and Iowa State. So I, who knows? I mean, this Kansas team, it's not like it's going to be an easy out for Tech next week. I don't want to say that because it's fault, especially if uh, Daniels is back. It looks like Bean's playing today. But, um, you know, that all I'm saying is it, it gives Shuck a full week of first-team reps, possibly, and then he can have his first start back at home in a, in a good environment before he heads out on the road to Ames the following week, possibly, unless Morton is – it's just such a – it's madness to keep up with it, to keep up with all the quarterback injuries and how they're going to rotate. It's just been a really frustrating part of – these last several years. And I can't imagine how frustrating it is for the actual quarterbacks themselves going through these injuries and dealing with it and, you know, recovery and, and uh, you know, everything that goes along with it. And then the coach is trying to balance that as well. So my frustration is just a thimble compared to probably what those guys feel and the physical pain they feel <laughs> being injured. Yeah, so for sure. Hey, grain of salt, but it's still just one of those things. Just, I, I, I had this thought a second ago. Um, going back to the Morton injury, was it weird that he never came back out? Like I, 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 I never, so. I never saw him come back on the field. Like even if, if quarterbacks go down with like a, a game ending injury, like, and they're not coming back in, I've, I seem to remember most of them will, will, will you know, will change or whatever and be back out on the field. I thought someone I saw on Twitter that he was in a boot. So I think he must have been somewhere, but maybe they just didn't show him on the broadcast. I think he was around somewhere because he was okay. visibly in a boot, according to somebody, um, for what that's worth. Well, that would, that would make more sense of what, like, you know, that you just didn't see him on the broadcast and he just never came back for whatever yeah, reason. I'm I would imagine he might have been there, out but... there. And, yeah, and he might have been in street clothes too, and that's kind of harder for – I don't know. That should be easier to spot somebody in a boot and street clothes than – but who knows? So, yeah, so I don't, I don't know all the details on that, but I do think he was at least somewhere where someone reported he was in a boot. Yeah. Well, game finishes uh, a little bit better in terms of um, the spread that we, we had predicted, or at least I had predicted. Um, but in heartbreaking fashion, you, you felt like you were in the game a lot longer than, than you had thought you may have been. Um, and then just have it all, Crumble there at the end. Tech Tech loses 34-24 on the road to TCU. Falls to 4-5 and five on the season with the Kansas Jayhawks coming into town. Uh, Baron Morton goes down with a leg injury there in the first half. We'll have to see what his status is and how he's able to return. But that'll do it for us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. This was your instant reaction post-game show. Texas Tech loses 34-24. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.